Hey, hey, it's Meg with Two Grieving Girls, and I am here today with a special co-host, Amanda, who is going to tell us her sister's story. Thank you, Amanda, for joining us. Hi, Meg. Um, How are you doing? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing great. Um, So I, I followed your story all week long. And I think you have an amazing story to tell. And I'm really interested in hearing it from you. All right, then. Um, God, thanks for inviting me. First of all, I should say. Um, sure. Yeah, uh, I guess I should start. My, uh, my sister's name is Jenny. And uh, she's my only sister. And she's the oldest. Um, Jenny was born July 1st, 1980. And she passed away March 25th, 2021 at 40 years old. Um, Jenny's story is, is really long and it was really hard to, to share her story on the uh, Survive Your Siblings Instagram. Um, there's just so many details, but I guess to simply put that I feel like I lost my sister twice. And the second time it finalized it. And before, I guess um, it, it's been a roller coaster in between both of those, I guess, the times I've lost my sister. And uh, my sister was a very funny person, sassy. And I like to just be really honest about how she was and not sugarcoat it. Either loved her or you hated her, and if you loved her, <laughs> she she was a little, she was fun, you know. Yeah. Um, she definitely had a very brunt force like personality. She really didn't care what you thought about her, and the things she did at places when I go out with her, I'd be like, I would be like, oh my god, this is my sister, and then totally join mm-hmm. her. And, uh, <laughs> and uh, the shenanigans tra- yeah the shenanigans uh, you definitely that is the word shenanigans there were so many shenanigans and the things we said were properly out loud really rude and, and kind of sometimes like you're crazy but it was all in good fun um we never really sought to be mean to people it's just we were very just cr- she's she encouraged the crazy side but it made it fun everything was always silly um uh and uh Jenny was married for about six months when her accident happened. And uh, that played a heavy role in everything fall after her accident. And uh, Jenny, before her accident, I should say, Jenny was going through some marital problems. And there was a whole legal situation. And that's why I, I have to tread lightly on this part. Mm-hmm. Um, just, I guess, as I'm going to put, Jenny experienced, uh, went, went through a domestic violence uh, situation before her um, accident and it complicated things once she got really sick. And Jenny was really depressed before, after that. And she was really sad. And I've never seen her so depressed before. Like, you know, like in most couples, they fight and break up, make up, you know, it happens mm-hmm. to everybody. And that was, I saw that side of her, but she always seemed okay, you know? Yeah. And then when this actually happened, she did not seem okay at all. Like, you could tell something was um, really wrong. 
like this hit it hard and um and then I just remember just spending a lot of time with her and making sure she was okay and I even remember I had concert tickets to go with like my uh friend at the time and I told my friend hey I have to cancel on you I'm gonna take my sister instead and uh, I tried anything to make her happy you know cheer her up and Jenny just got got really sick I I don't know if she maybe she wasn't taking care of herself because she was feeling depressed but she caught a cold and she ultimately developed like a a cyst inside her neck like under her chin area and she thought it was just like she had a really bad sore throat and I remember her texting me, telling me about how she couldn't talk and that her throat really hurt bad. And I and I said, well, make sure you don't talk. Drink a lot of tea, take your medicine, rest. Take a, t- you know, call out from work. And she did. But then I get like a later text message. Well, she actually called me too, like maybe like a few hours into the evening telling me that she couldn't breathe anymore and I said you need to go to the emergency and the silver lining was that she was actually living behind my grandma's house so a lot of family were around was around to take her and um I was like two hours away in college so I didn't hear from her I just called my mom and told my mom what, what, what was happening and common sense my mom knew where what hospital she was at without even talking to anybody um And then they observed Jenny like all night and then they concluded they either she had to get surgery to remove it or they would like basically just observe it all night for a couple more days or hours, whatever, and see how it goes. But the chances are that it could suffocate her to death too, right? Because it was growing. Oh my gosh. Was it like an infection from the cold? We, I don't know. So this is a weird part. Nothing's really quite explained clearly how it happened. Um, okay. In terms of medical terms, so I'm I'm just basically sharing based on what Jenny told me, and what okay. I I knew. Um, uh, and uh, it was crazy. I just also know my family is very prone to cysts. Like we we all have had a case in our lifetimes. Like all the women, okay. and he, and even my brother. And um, but Jenny was this was the second time at this point that Jenny had developed a serious case of it. And, um, and so, so at that point, my mom encouraged her to get a surge, get surgery. And, uh, because of the, the, the legal trouble and the, you know, marital problems she was having with her husband at the time, he wasn't there. And, uh, and, um, so she basically went with what my mom suggested and what she felt was right. And so my mom calls me the next morning and it was Thursday. This was uh, April 8th, 2010, um, telling me that my sister's gonna go into surgery in a few hours, come be here. And I said, okay. So, you know, I dropped, it. I, I dropped everything I was doing, packed up my suitcase really quickly. Luckily it only took, I'm only two hours away at the time. So I got there really okay. quick. I got in there before even lunch. Um, oh. And then I remember my sister, just laying there like they didn't even put her in a real hospital room she was in like this makeshift room that like, was more like an office storage room and they put a hospital bed in there 
and she and she was in there and we were just waiting for her to get prepped for surgery get surgery and then at the and then during that time when I was sitting there waiting for her she was really depressed and she was crying and she told me that she wanted her husband there and so I talked to my mom and I said I think he needs to be here and I want I don't want to deprive her of anything and my mom said go ahead do what you need to do so I did I called him because I actually had a relationship with him at the time so it was really easy just to call him and tell him what, what was going on and I did but um because of the of everything that had happened previously he wouldn't come so after dealing with some legal you can imagine what, what I, I mean yeah uh, um so after dealing with some legal obstacles on my mom and my sister's behalf and talking to him and really just begging him to come, everything got figured out and he safely came to the hospital and was there with my sister. And I always tell people I regretted that so much mm -hmm. um, because it did not help at all um, him being there afterwards. And so my sister finally gets a, gets uh, ready for surgery and she's going to surgery we all tell her I love yous and goodbyes and it was my dad my mom our brother and her husband and me there with her and she goes and then we're waiting I don't even know how long it took but the rest of my mom's family shows up because that's just how my mom's family is they're mm -hmm. if very supportive and um and I remember a doctor coming out wanting to talk to my mom. And I remember my mom going and then my mom was there for a little longer than her sister felt comfortable with. Mm -hmm. And I remember her just like dashing with, to my mom right there. She's like, I need to know what's going on. And that's my mom's big sister too. So, it's, okay. so she's being, you know, her big, she's doing her big sister duties at the time. And we uh, find out um, that and here's also like, this is kind of like the sketchy part I always feel like, cause it was even in, even in dealing with all the legal matters, it was never clearly described, but my sister, something went wrong and my sister um, ultimately went five to 10 minutes without oxygen and wow. her heart had stopped. And um, they, waited too long to put a trach to get, get give her oxygen so by the time they did that she had uh, underwent severe brain damage 20 seconds of no oxygen to the brain could do a lot just for to anybody so imagine five to ten minutes wow yeah that I learned through the whole process and the sister that I always have known and knew and grew up with to me was gone um, it took me a long time to even want to even say that out loud. Mm -hmm. um, and even then they weren't sure she was going to survive the night. Um, it was such, it was so bad, you know, and uh, they, <laughs> they ultimately did take care of her for why she went in there, but it, it wasn't, the damage they did was, it's forever, you know, mm -hmm. and um. I just remember breaking down. Um, I just can't believe what I just heard. Like, I felt like these things happen in the movies. It couldn't possibly happen to my family. And it was hard. And things didn't get better after um, 
there was a lot of uh, legal drama or and just arguments at the hospital or whatever facility my sister was at with uh, her husband and his family and our family. And everyone got involved, like from my cousins to my aunts and uncles. We were all there around Jenny 24-7 taking care of her, spending the night with her because we didn't know, you know? We didn't, yeah. and also nobody wanted to miss the doctor. So there was always someone there. Because the doctor, we didn't know how long this was going to take. We didn't know if Jenny would get better or she wouldn't. We had no idea. There was no timeline for this. And, um, and after all the drama, my sister uh, ultimately was uh, sent home. And my mom brought her to her house. And we made arrangements so Jenny could stay in my parents' bedroom because she was going to need 24-7 care. And she could no longer bathe herself, change herself, feed herself. In fact, she could never, she would never eat food again. They also put a G tube on her. So she was given like those protein cans of food okay. um, for the rest of her life. Um, she could not uh, talk. She, she could not even move her arms just to wave. She couldn't do anything. Um, she was pretty much helpless. Um, I know I said in my Instagram, she was like a baby, but sometimes I felt like she was more helpless than a baby. Mm-hmm. And Was she aware? She was, uh, but because um, she would cry. Oh. And it was really hard, but that's all she could do. And then... And after some some physical therapy, she would uh, blink once for yes and twice for no. Okay. But that's it. That's it. And that took a long time to do. And, you know, and it was really exhausting, really exhausting. And now my mom was a different person, too. Like, my mom let a lot of things go, like my family's well-being, like my, my her and my dad's financial you know, health, everything just went down the drain. Like my mom took it really hard. And, um, and, you know, when we brought her home, my mom, um, they were still dealing with all like the legal stuff. So we had to physically take care of her for like Mm -hmm. two years and my mom needed help. And because I had just graduated from undergrad, my mom asked me to do it. And I said, okay, because it's my sister. You know, yeah. I really couldn't say no. And I, yeah. and I wouldn't say no. Um, she was my sister, even though she drove me crazy too, you know? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, that's my sister, I'll do it. And that was, that was probably really the hardest two years. Wondering when, if I, for the longest time, was like in denial about my sister's situation. I was convinced that she was going to get better. And... And there, and I and I did it. I like I did it all for my sister. I didn't even do it for my mom. Like I'll tell you that now. I didn't do it for for my mom's well being. I did it for my sister because my mom my mom was really really cruel to me during during that time and pretty much still is. Um, oh, I'm so yeah. sorry. You're such a sweetheart. <laughs> I followed your story. I wanted to hug you. I am so sorry she was like that. Yeah, it's it's okay. I I uh. After a lot of counseling, still, you know, to everyone, counseling is really helpful. Um, and I still, I'm still going to counseling, I should say, for everything. Um, mm-hmm. My, it's like I lost my mom too, because my mom mm-hmm. was really mean. Like my mom said some stuff. Like she almost resented 
I felt for the longest time she resented that it happened to Jenny and not me. And she, and ultimately she did say that to me. And she admitted that she wished it had happened to me and not Jenny. Wow. Yeah, and that's probably the hardest thing for me to even say. But I have um, come to conclude that I have suffered the burden of that pain for the longest time. So I'm trying to learn to let it go. Um, and uh, so when I'm taking, as I'm taking care of my sister 24 seven, and it really was like almost 24 seven, cause I would wake up at eight AM in the morning and uh, help my mom give her a bath. And then we would feed her through the tube and we had to wait an hour before moving her bed or cha- or her body. Cause then she could throw up okay. and then we would change her. Cause she was, she, my sister was on, at least on a schedule. Like when she used the restroom, when she was hungry, when it was time to do this and do that. And then after that, when we would change her after that hour, we would do, I would do like some physical therapy. And usually that's when I got a little free time, but my mom was so like manipulative to me and hard on me that she would, she made me convinced that I didn't deserve to do anything fun. And uh, so I wouldn't do anything. And, and then again, then five, five o'clock, six o'clock show came around and it was time to feed my sister for dinner. Did that, changed her again. And then that's when my mom would go about her time. And then she would tell me, I don't like to leave Jenny alone. Can you stay up and watch Jenny? And every night I would wa- stay up and watch Jenny till like four five, even sometimes six o'clock in the morning and then go to sleep for a few hours and start my day again, the same thing all over again. Wow. And you were young. Yeah. I, I want to, I'm trying to think this is 2010. So yeah, I was like 23, 24. That's a lot to put on someone that young. Yeah. Yeah. It was, I guess on my mom's part, it, it was, um, but I I'll do, I did it for my sister, and I dealt with my mom for my sister, um, but that was really hard for me because I got really depressed and I lost a lot of friends, because mm-hmm. um, I was almost like bitter that my sister wasn't getting better and that my mom was making me feel unimportant mm-hmm. or insignificant, like my help didn't matter to her even though I was the one really helping her, mm-hmm. um, and it got so bad that her siblings that would show up would defend me like and she would get mad at them and threaten to threaten them to that they wouldn't be able to see Jenny again if she if they continued to defend me and I didn't want that for them either you know because they had they had pure intentions they just wanted to see my sister and love my sister Um, my sister was loved a lot like all my, like, especially my mom's side, like her sisters, her older brother, my cousins, they really all love Jenny. And my mom just started slowly pushing them away, threatening them, being mean to them like she was to me. And my dad, you know, as much as I love my dad, throughout this whole time, he was not there. Like he refused to really help. Like he was, he was processing in, in a whole different way than my mom and me were, and mm-hmm. he wasn't there. And my brother was off to college, which makes it a little even, uh, made it more difficult because my mom would get mad at me and then praise my brother for going to school. Mm-hmm. And it was just like, you know, that, you know, gender 
old school gender dynamics going on there too. Um, it was hard because I thought she would get better. And I eventually left the situation. Um, I felt bad because I, I felt like I was living with my sister. I was abandoning her. I had a hard time for, for a while. But then I realized that I did more than most people would for their sibling. And I thought, it's okay. I need to live my life finally, you, you know? And yeah. um, so I did. But, like, it didn't get any better cause my, because my mom, like, then, like, like pointed, focused her anger to my dad and to all the family around her and really started pushing, really, really started isolating herself. And... Um, to the point where she even stopped talking to her parents and to, and those two helped us a lot, like growing up, they helped, they watched us while she worked for basically mm -hmm. for free too, you know, um, they would give us things for, if we needed it, give us money. They had no problem being supportive in any way. And she just pushed them away. Like, like it was their fault. Like, like she was just so angry at everybody, and uh, eventually both both her parents passed away, and my well my grandparents passed away, and then the hard the one that was really hard is that my dad died in September, um, twenty eighteen. Um, that hit me. I I had not felt so sad since Jenny's accident, because mm -hmm. at that point my dad and I had finally like rebuilt our relationship. So I didn't feel like I was alone anymore in that regard, because at least I had some one of my parents. And then when he died, I felt like, oh my God, I'm stuck with my mom. Um, and and Jenny, you know, it was still, still the same. And I, I, I grieved, not just for my dad and me, but like my sister, you know, she loved my grandparents and my dad a lot. And she couldn't even say goodbye like the way I did. Or yeah. could it go to the funerals? That's hard. Like life was passing by for her real fast. And and then with my dad's passing, my mom didn't become any easier. And I just kind of really started shifting away. I only would call would call really my mom to check how Jenny was. I wanted to make sure because then my at that point my aunts and uncles, like her family, wasn't weren't talking to my mom either because my mom didn't want to deal with them. And they just wanted to know how Jenny was. And they would ask me about Jenny. So at that point, I felt like, okay, I'm the, I'm the source for everybody. Because at least my mom would tell me the updates about Jenny. If something happened to her or like Jenny would still get like fever. She would still catch a cold despite it. Um, she didn't go anywhere. She would get sick. Like, like we all still do, you know? Mm -hmm. And then, um, and then I, and then it was like, I want to say it was the 22nd of March um, earlier this year. I got a call from my mom telling me that Jenny wasn't doing well. And I'm like, what do you mean? And Jenny had developed like another cyst, but this time it was on her thyroid like area um, to my understanding. And it was pushing against her trach, causing her a lot of pain. Oh. And then it caused her to have like, um, infections like a lung infection you know respiratory issues and there was not much they can do because she was already in a delicate state um 
so they tried to do all these different things to see if she would get better. They were trying to get rid of the infections in the water in the lungs before they attacked the, the thyroid issue. And because they couldn't do both at the same time. Mm-hmm. And nothing was working. And the doctor basically said that my sister was dying. And so my mom tells, tells me this over the phone. And oh. it's funny because I always tell people I felt it, something was happening. I just couldn't figure out, like for the like from Christmas to that point, I was just feeling a lot of bad, a lot, a lot of anxiety, and it was really intense to the point where I felt like it was driving me crazy. Like, like if I was gonna like, I I thought I was going insane because I kept trying to find what was going something. I'm like something bad's happening. Mm-hmm. What is it? Like if I knew already, you know, just like intuition, right? And then, yeah. And I couldn't figure it out, and then I get that call. And I'm like, this is it. This is what I was I was worrying about. I couldn't figure it out. And I was kind of scared to fly. Like most times I would have dropped everything and flown right away. But because it was, you know, it's, we're in the pandemic and I just had barely gotten my first shot. Um, so I was kind of like, uh, I need to go, but I'm afraid to go, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so I just went and did it. I was like, forget it. I need to be there. And my husband encourages me too. He's like, do it. You're going to regret not going. I know how you are. Yeah. And so I went and my cousins picked me up and they like, you know, speed racer, making sure I get to to the hospital because she was dying. We didn't know how long she was going to live. Mm -hmm. Um, I got there and I spent the rest of the day there or as as late as I could because they have uh, really intense uh, visiting hours and they're really strict. Um, so I spent a few hours with her, just talking to her, um, singing to her, playing music, and just telling her what was going on. Um, and it was it was kind of hard because you could tell she like the life in her that I, even after her accident, she had life in her eyes. You could see that she was still alive. She was still there. Mm-hmm. This time she didn't look like that. And her her breathing was very weak and like it was so bad they told her she could like die right there and then and you could tell she her slow like she was breathing like less than like 30 breaths a minute which is wow yeah and it even it was really scary because you could see it in her chest when it was moving and um the next so we got kicked out from the hospital and we all went home they and made everyone leave. They didn't yes, let they, anyone stay. No, stay. they wouldn't even let my mom stay. And we were trying. My we're like my mom's her guardian. Like my mom should stay. And they kicked out my mom too because of of COVID. Even though she my my mom was fully vaccinated by then too. Awful, and she had already been there. It's not like she wasn't yeah, in there. Exactly, and she was fully vaccinated. Like her two weeks and everything had passed. Like my mom was was there. You know, oh. like she could have been there, and so could my brother because he was too. And they wouldn't, and they wouldn't let them. And so my mom's like, I'm going to call in the morning and get them so we could get there early. Or at least my mom could, right? Mm-hmm. I said, at least just say you, mom. Like, you're her mother. You need to be there. And she, and she's like, you're right. And we called. And they said, okay. And, this, and we called, like, at 7 o'clock in the morning. And they said, call back in an hour. Because cha- they're changing uh, uh, shifts, people. And my mom does. 
And they told her to call back in 30 minutes. And like, mom's like, okay. But they called my mom. And they told her that my sister had passed away. My sister died alone. And that's, yeah, that's the hardest part. Because I felt like my sister had been, I might have felt alone this whole time. Mm -hmm. And she died alone. And, And then we get there. And you see her, and like her body's really cold already, and she had her skin tones different. I never, um, it was hard. It's been because at that point, you know, I I felt bad because she was alone, and then seeing a second person I loved very much die, and like at that, like I felt like I was finally accepting my dad's death, and then this happens. Mm-hmm. And I just felt like everything has just brought me back down. And I've been struggling I'm different, but I'm, but I'm trying to, um, to not let, him, let me destroy me too much, but it, it hurts. It's hard. It's, yeah. If your sibling is your person like good bad ugly like they were there through it all with you yeah and I I my brother was alone when he died and that's something that he passed away from a seizure by himself and that was something that he was really scared of so I can relate to I I was very fixated on that for a very long time um just feeling guilty even though I mean obviously and like you you couldn't have known that that was going to happen but you do you fixate on the fact that they were alone and that guilt eats at you that that's a tough thing to to deal with it's it's hard you don't want to I know I felt like I let my brother down but I, it took me a little while. It's, it's been six months for me. So I'm, I'm like a little further out. So I I think I've started to kind of accept the fact that I couldn't have helped the fact that he was alone. And I, I, I think it's terrible on the hospital knowing the situation that you guys are in to not let someone stay. I'm so sorry they did that to you. It's okay. It's just, it's hard. Um, yeah, you know, just knowing that she died alone is really hard. And I guess what's the hard part for me, everyone tells me, and I know it's obvious, but everyone tells me, well, she's no longer in pain. Yes, I know she's no longer in pain. Yeah. It doesn't mean it doesn't hurt. Yeah, it doesn't bring her back. Like, that doesn't make me feel better, you know? Um, Because grief is about us. At that point, we're kind of, you know, I say we're a little selfish at the time because it's our person that left, you know? Mm -hmm. They are, you know, whatever you believe in, are in a better place of some sort. And, but that doesn't change anything for you, you know? Yeah, I'm I'm selfish. I'd rather have my brother here miserable than wherever <laughs> he is happy. I know that sounds like terrible, but I'd I'd rather him here 
driving it, me crazy having a a bad day than not having them I think sometimes people don't get that yeah like that's like it's like it's not like you don't want them like in pain like the, like they were before they died you just wish you had them back entirely that's all it means you know and you just want them in your life you want to be able to call them and say and talk smack to your sibling or make a joke or you know just hang out yeah and and I lost like 11 years and it's funny she, not funny but haha funny but more like uh she died March 25th and it was going to be two weeks from her anniversary of her accident which would have been 11 years wow yeah and she she the accident happened on the Thursday and she died on the Thursday really yeah so and I I think I saw that you mentioned that most people in that situation wouldn't have lived that long. No. So she was a fighter. Yeah, she was. The doctor told, I learned during that, during her last days, the doctor said that most people in her condition survive most, at least at five years without something happening to them. And because they're weak, it kills, you know, it kills them, right? Uh, But the fact that she survived this long without something happening to her is, isn't, is a miracle alone and uh and I know that's supposed to bring me some comfort I um so I take it as like you said she was a fighter she she was strong she tried but she was tired yeah and she wasn't living life she couldn't she couldn't she couldn't do all the things we can we can do she couldn't even go to the restroom on her own time you know and privately like which we're as humans we're all entitled to do you know yeah That's, you are an amazing sister like I and I'm sure of it Jenny knew how in that sense how good she had it having you as a sister because there's not a lot of people especially at the age that you were at that would have put their life on hold to take care of someone like I would say 90% of the people I know in that age generation or in that age gap are like you're still young and selfish and in that party stage and and you put that all aside to take care of her and that I mean in my book that makes you one of the most amazing people that I've met and she was so lucky and is still so lucky to have you I was something I always tell people. I feel lucky to have her. I just I was such a different person too, and it happened. And I grieve mm-hmm. that she'll never get to know me as the person I am now because I'm totally different. Mm-hmm. And I feel like we would really get along now, like re- like we got along then, but there was still like that maturity gap. Like she was a little bit more mature. Mm-hmm. And I definitely wasn't like you said. I was more like I wanted to be young and wild and party. I was ready all that and now I'm I'm different and I feel like maybe we would have been more understanding to of each other now how do you feel you're doing grieving like do you still talk to like your aunts and your cousins yes I do um my cousins um particularly the older ones you know, in terms of age, like, you know, generation, because there's, there's a lot of us, 
there's some that have had no relationships with my sister and didn't even acknowledge her death or anything. Those cousins, I don't care for. Um, yeah. But the ones that were, oh, there was one particular that's older than my sister and uh, she's the first grandchild. And uh, I feel like she's the one that's closest to what, to understanding when I feel. Because mm-hmm. my, my sister and her did have a relationship and they were like sisters. And then she has a little sister too, that's my age. And okay. so it was us four a lot. So, and I feel like they, they, they understand my pain um, more than anybody else. And I feel like even more than my brother. Uh, my brother is kind of in a different world. And um, so it helps to have them around. It helps a lot because they knew Jenny the way I knew her. Mm-hmm. And, and I, ha- I have other cousins too that a little bit younger that loved her too. And I, I have relationships with them. Um, I talked to my mom's two sisters and her oldest brother uh, a bit more. So um, definitely talked to her sisters more than my own mom. Um, yeah. So those, are, those pretty much have been my uh, support during this time. Because I can't really rely on my mom or my brother. They're more of a headache, if anything, mm-hmm. than help. And you don't need that. Yeah, I don't. No, they're 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 really toxic. That's the sad part to say. I. Uh, it's just hard. It makes it everything harder. Well, yeah, because. You know, the one person that you feel like your mom, that you feel like should always be there to take care of you, is is not doing that. Yeah, like, I try to talk to her about my feelings, about my sister, and she makes it about her. It's really hard. So when I get into those type of situations, I just pull out because I even have friends that try to put themselves in my level, even though, even though they have not experienced something like this yet in their lives. Uh-huh. It, it's a little upsetting. I, I just need to pull away. I don't need that right now in my life. Uh, yeah. I think people don't know how to do, de- especially people who have never experienced a grief like that, that don't, know what to say and don't know how to I, I think that's the hardest part for me is trying to get that person to understand that I'm going through something right now and I just it's not you I just this is how I cope I don't want to really be social or I only talk to certain people because I know they understand me or at least respect my feelings if they never been through something I like I've been through um and and they almost take it personal and it's like, okay, take it personal. I, I, I don't have time. My heart, yeah, my yeah. heart, my heart is going through its own thing and I still have to continue to live my life, you know, keep my, yeah. you know, all the responsibilities and obligations I have. Yes. You need to keep your head above water, whatever <laughs> way works for you. And yeah. you, you can't worry about worrying about someone else like helping someone else through your grief like you have to it it is like unfortunately it's like a sink or swim kind of like you just try to grab on to anything you can and like whatever gets you 
sometimes it's like half hour increments. It's like, all right, you know what? Like, let me make it to 11 o'clock and I'll be proud of myself today. Exactly. Yeah, that's exactly how it is, you know? Or like, you know, like today you just, today just sucked because something triggered you. And it's, it, and you're just like, I'm done for today. I'm just going to work and I don't feel like doing anything else. And you don't really have to, you know, I just, yeah. yeah. And I'm the type that like to grieve through music. I really like music a lot and it helps me a lot. So I even created like playlists. One's called Jenny's Playlist, and it's like all her favorite music or mm. songs that remind me of her during the the last eleven years. I even made one for my dad, like because my dad's music too brings me a lot of comfort. And um, sometimes I just, you know, I kind of stay quiet and do my thing while I listen to their music, and that just helps me too. I do. I, I love music, but for some reason, and especially like lately, it's been making me like so emotional. So I've been sticking to either really bad reality TV, um, a terrible zombie show on Netflix that I was like trying to convince my kids that a zombie <laughs> apocalypse could possibly happen. And they were like, okay, like mom has officially lost her shit. She's talking about like zombies being real. Uh, and I'm like, okay, I'd stick to that and some true crime podcasts I throw in there. But sometimes I have to pull myself back because then, like, I get a little crazy thinking I'm going to be abducted every time I leave my house. It's grief is weird and, and it makes us do weird things. It makes us not really weird or like just has us do things out of the ordin- ordinary. And that's how we deal, you know? Yeah. And I always tell people, I knew a friend who lost her dad a few weeks ago and she had asked me for advice while her dad was dying, what to do. And I just told her simply just go day by day, just make sure they're comfortable, bring like their favorite blanket and um, play music for their music for them, for them, read to them, do you know? Mm-hmm. And I just, and I just, um, another thing is the last thing when someone's in, cause her dad was in a, in a coma and the things I've learned with um both my sister and my dad actually were in comas um the last thing to go is hearing so I always tell people I told her especially I said make sure they know you're there they're here it's the last thing to go so they'll hear you to like almost to the very end so I said read play music talk and uh I, I said it might seem kind of weird to you but that's that's I said that's how I I dealt with it Mm -hmm. because you know you know it's coming so the grief is starting to build up but it was I I like to describe it because you know it's gonna happen and grief is just heavy in general and it is it sucks it's not uh it's not for the lighthearted. it definitely every time I think I take like three steps forward I end up taking five steps back somehow and some like we and I'm like okay if I'll like this giant to-do list which I don't know why I do it because I know that I'm not going to get through it so I'm like okay I'm I'm gonna start like making a list of two things and being like I have to get one of these things done today 
but that that first year is hard yeah it is it is like my sister's birthday was in july and it was it's funny my dad's birthday is also in july so it was almost even though it had been a couple years it's it hit more because I, I, I mean, I realized I have lost both. Like in my heart, I connect both of them. Yeah. So when I think of one, I can't help be really, really sad about the other. And it's just, it's almost like a double reminder that I lost them both. And then mm-hmm. Je- Jenny, when Jenny passing has reopened a lot of things that I thought I had taken care of through counseling. And, I, and then I realized there's a lot of, and there was even memories that I totally don't, didn't want to think about. Like I suppressed them. Mm-hmm. and they're all coming out and and it's like especially with my mom like I'm starting to remember everything my mom said and done to me and it's almost like it's almost I'm in shock again like so I'm trying to manage that while trying to grieve for my sister and and, it's, and then it's at this point my husband is telling me are you okay like mental health check like he's he sees that I'm struggling that's a good man there. Yeah, so he always tells me mental health check. That's what he tells me. I'm like, I'm okay today. Or I'll tell him I'm not happy today. <laughs> I'm angry today. You know, because I feel like you could be angry too. Yeah, definitely. Um, I don't know about you, but like sometimes I get like even mad at myself. Like, could I have done something different to maybe have changed the whole story? Maybe, you know, she would have oh. had a life. You know, I think um, that every day, and it's so hard, isn't it? Like I feel, you probably do too. You have survive, survivors guilt. That's what they call it. Yes, very. And I don't know if you have listened to any of the previous podcasts, but um, my, I pushed my brother to come off a medication, and ultimately he ended up dying from a withdrawal seizure from coming off that medicine so I carry major major guilt and I mean obviously my intentions were 100% pure like I I, you know I thought I was doing what was best for him and so I, I definitely get the the guilt thing and I you know my husband and kids are are real good at like reminding me like it, it's nothing you could have done different and you know my husband's like a real believer in like whatever was gonna happen was gonna happen like no matter yeah. what you did like it was fated to happen and honestly I always believe that too that was like kind of my like thing everyone has a fate it's all already laid out for you yeah and then I kind of like abandoned that when my brother died, which I I don't know why, because I, I think ultimately I I do still kind of believe that. I think that we all kind of have like a story to fulfill, but it is hard. Survivor's guilt is hard and thinking of them is hard. And It is. Um, I was talking to the, saying something similar to, to my oldest cousin and it's like we're both married and we're both have like healthy supportive spouses and marriages and my sister really wanted that she just Mm -hmm. wanted to be my sister really just wanted to be be married and have kids and you know 
have a family life. And she didn't get any of that. And I feel bad because I have a really good marriage and I'm very not, I want to have children. Like I don't want kids. Um, not with me dealing with everything I feel. I don't want to have a newborn and mom, mm-hmm. mom, mom's not there. And then I'm, I don't want to, I'm afraid to be doing to, if I have a child, if to try like my mom did to me, uh, I, and, and I don't want that cycle to repeat itself. Um, I have only known you for a little while, but I can tell you that I do not think you have that in you at all. You are such a caretaker and such a loving person. You will make an amazing mother. And I am sure when you do become that great mom, your sister is going to be watching you and be so happy and be there for every moment of it. Yeah, I hope so. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I feel I, feel, I just feel guilty because I have when I get I'm having the life my sister wanted and she deserved it too. I know she you would want it for you though, and I like I know that like I. I even like I hate it when people say that to me. So like I hate saying that to you, but like it really like sometimes when I'm just like sitting alone, like thinking, I'm like, he would want me to like he would not want me sitting here crying. Like I can picture my brother looking at me being like, What the hell are you doing? Like, seriously, get up and do something. <laughs> like and no, you're right. I um, cause that's I feel like that's what ultimately I'm doing is, um, I use it to encourage me and inspire me to do more with my life, you know, mm-hmm. um, because I don't have those opportunities. So I better not stick around like a and hang out like a slug. I need to, you know, do something with myself that makes me happy, you know. Yeah, and, and that's different for everybody, and um. I push, I let it push me to want to be, you know, healthier mentally and physically, um, you know, want more in my life in terms of career and my marriage, because my sister didn't get to do all these things. So I better at least do it for, in honor of her, you know? Yeah. And that's an amazing way to live and to view it. That's, and uh, I was telling my husband because we were on vacation this past weekend and I was telling him like when you know after a few drinks I tell him I if in the past if I felt this buzz and I started talking about my family situation I would have really break down mm-hmm. and I said but now I'm able to talk about it without like you know wanting to cry and then to, and making a scene hell because I feel like I've really w- worked on myself um, to get this way, it's a lot. Uh, but I said, doesn't mean I'm not sad. Doesn't mean I don't miss her. Yeah, no, it's it's just processing so that you can start what will be your new normal. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Not that it'll ever be normal no, for not. you. Like it'll it'll never feel completely normal. But I I always tell people. When you, someone passes away and that person you're really close to or loved a lot, like the grief never goes away. You just learn to live with it. Mm-hmm. And that's what 
best I could say. It has been amazing talking to you. And I really, truly hope you know what an inspiring and incredible person you are. Like your, your sister was very lucky to have you. And I'm sure she is watching over you. So proud of you right now. Thank you. And, and I'm sorry for your loss too. It seems like we oh, lost our siblings in a, in a month. Yeah, yeah. I feel like we're very on a similar timeline, you know, like, yeah, it's been a few months, but it still sucks. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I I had like a couple days last week where I was just like a disaster. And I, and I'm fortunate that my children, you know, my husband works during the day and my kids were all home because it's summertime. So I'm fortunate that they can kind of take me and guide me through the day so I'm not a mess but yeah it's great what our loved ones do for us too yeah so it's day by day girl and we will eventually get somewhere I don't know where we're gonna get but eventually I I I don't know I don't know if I expect to see like a a finish like my brother holding like a finish line sign or what the heck I'm expecting (laughs) is gonna happen but I just like every day I'm like all right like another day like processed and another experience done and just go with it from here but I would love to check back with you in a couple weeks and chat again and see how you're doing and see how everything's going yeah, we'll, we'll, I'll keep in touch. All right, that sounds awesome. Thank you so much for sharing your story. Yeah, thank you for having me. Absolutely, and I will talk to you soon. And for everyone that wants to keep up to date, follow, subscribe, like, and if you're on Apple Podcasts, please give a rating. Um, that would be awesome. We love that when people do that for us. But thank you so much, Amanda. It was awesome talking to you. And we will catch up soon. Awesome. It was nice talking to you, too. All right. Have a great day. You, too. Bye, guys.